you are listening live to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio since 1971. As many of our listeners know, this is Weagle's one and only weekly drive-time morning show bringing you weather, sports, the menus at the edge, weird news stories, Alabama State history, and more every Monday through Thursday. Broadcasting live from the Bradley-based and WEGL studio on the first floor of the Harold Melton Student Center, I'm your Tuesday host, Alex Houston. Now, as always, let's take a look at the weather. It is 54 degrees this morning with temps rising to as high as 75 later in the afternoon. And now today I am joined by sports director of Eagle Eye TV and one of the station's members that was able to travel all the way to Los Angeles for the 42nd College TV Awards, Colin Byersdorf. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. First time on Compact Discourse, so pretty excited. And, the, My- and a good first time because I only have two shows left, so it's, it's, good, it's good that you got I'm, in before I have to leave. Yeah, I'm getting in the finale. I, oh, no, I got, I'm doing one next week. Ever, nobody else is doing them next week, but... I, our, you know, you're in journalism. Our exams aren't real. Yeah, no, they're not. Figure you finish strong. Exactly. Everyone, everyone keeps talking about that. They're like, oh well, what? Like they go around the room. Oh, what's your exams? Like, well, I got this. Davis has like a ten-page law paper, and I'm like, mm, I have projects. Yeah, I've got. I'm like, I gotta make a video. Exactly. One of the projects. Um, maybe I'm blown up the spot too much. One of the projects I started. It was due yesterday at nine in the morning. I started it, um, Sunday at noon. Finished it Sunday at midnight. Um, turned it in, did terrible, got a ninety three. So, listen, that's how that's how it is sometimes. That, that's just that's just the way it is in the in the great world of journalism. I'm not, I'm not better than that. I can't act like I'm better than that. <laughs> we go to the College of Arts and Crafts for a reason. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for joining me on the show. So much. It's a perfect time for you to join the show because a lot of big sports news has been going on. Because admittedly, this semester there hasn't been a whole lot. Because I mean, Auburn's you know. Unfortunately, their basketball run came to an end shorter than expected. Gymnastics ended shorter than expected. Baseball is struggling. Well, that's a, that's a word for it. Softball's doing great, though. We're yes. starting to talk about them. Yeah, beating beating Bam on a series for the first time since like 2018, I that's think. That's exactly what it was, yeah. yeah. And, and all Maddie, the entire Maddie Penta show, back-to-back games with 114 pitches. She is incredible. Yeah, We're no, definitely going to talk like about that. Athlete. But the biggest news on the national stage, a two-parter. Number one, Aaron Rodgers finally traded away from the Green Bay Packers to New York Jets, they pick-swapped their first-round picks this upcoming year. Then, I believe it was a couple like later picks, like an early second. So, I think they pick-swapped, um, and then the, the Jets got like a fifth round, and like like you said, like a, it was late. And I think they got an, another first for next year. Okay, yeah, that's right. That, that sounds So, right. they had like one like really high pick, and then the rest were kind of... Which is traditionally, for a quarterback of that caliber, well below the market value. But the Packers, as my dad was keen to remind me as he's a Packers fan, did not have any leverage whatsoever. He's also 39 years old. He's also 39 years old. And coming off one of his worst seasons, wasn't last year was pretty terrible for him, if I'm not totally mistaken. I, admittedly, um, being a fan of the Washington Redacted does not inspire me. Oh, jeez. Is that my mom texting me? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, she's mad that I got a 93. So there you go. You heard it here first, everybody. Um, no, but I don't really watch um, football much as a fan of the Washington Redacted. But now that it might be Redacted owner as well, I'm very excited about that. But anyway, um, Aaron Rodgers last year, okay, yeah, it was his first year with over 10 interceptions since 2010. His lowest quarterback rating since 2006 when he threw the ball like four times. Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. His lowest completion percentage since 2019, his first year under 4,000 yards and a full season since 2015. So, yeah, you're right. He's old. He's coming off his worst year. It's not even like it was a terrible year either, which is the craziest part. That's true. It's like 
I don't know, we've come to expect such a high caliber from hit players like him. No, that, that that's absolutely the case, but I also would say with older players, yeah, it, it doesn't tend to go up again. No. If anything, it's going to go that way, or it's going to be like the Peyton Manning experience where it just do, went right off the cliff and he basically couldn't throw a football yeah, by the end. Denver had the defense to back him up, but if they didn't, it was going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, that's still one of the crazy things, how they basically won a Super Bowl on the back of a quarterback that couldn't really throw the ball at that point. Yeah. All respect due to Peyton Manning, of course, legendary quarterback, but things were not going well by the end of his career, and Aaron Rodgers could be trending in that direction, of course, remains to be seen. But the Jets, they got their quarterback. The problem is, they're such a young team at every other position, it seems a little counterproductive. Yeah, I can't think of many Jets players that aren't like, their draft players from last year. Like Sauce Gardner, for example. Yeah, you think of Sauce Gardner, you think of... Um, Garrett Wilson. Garrett right? Wilson, yeah. And Zach Wilson, but you're not uh, going to be thinking of him anymore. Not going to be thinking of him anymore. Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does to all great young quarterbacks that have been on, that have shared the roster with him. Kick them to the curb. Yeah. Like he learned from the best, Brett Favre, man. He learned, he learned <laughs> from the greatest and meanest of all quarterbacks. I also do think it's hilarious that in the two quarterbacks that the Packers have had primarily for the last 35 years have both gone to the Jets. Yeah, I which mean, makes you think: Is Rogers going to the going to the Vikings in two years? Ooh, I I don't see it happening. Oh yeah, I, no, no. I, I bet he'll finish his career with the Jets. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, cause, I, what was the deal? Do you know? Um, no. Well, I, I thought he already had a contract though. He he just continued the contract, yeah, right? But oh, how how it long was that deal? it was some like goofy deal, I think. Let me that see. Didn't make a lot of sense to do for at the time with the the Packers. Okay, well. Profile reference says it should have contract info listed, and it doesn't. So that's kind of annoying. Um, there, there's websites out there that keep track of these things. I just admittedly don't. Do you, did you find anything on um, it? $60 million over six years. Six see. years? Yeah, I got to see well, what? when. No, it, that it, doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, it's right. What the? Yeah, I told you. It was like a goofy contract they gave him. Ooh, okay. So his contract is through the year 2026. Yeah, I don't, I don't nope. know if he'll finish that one out. However, he has a potential out after in twenty twenty four. It looks like based on this contract. Yeah, because his cap hit is fifty. Okay, so it looks like it could be a one year offer here. Because listen to this. So his his cap hit this year is fifteen million dollars. Okay, which is not bad. Then it jumps to thirty two million dollars when he'll be forty years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Then when he'll be forty one in twenty twenty five. It'll jump to a cap hit of fifty-one million. Ooh. Oh no! You're paying him like one of the top guys at that point. When he is really going to be in his in his forties, yeah. and he could be decrepit at that point. He very well could be. I mean, he you know he could disappear each summer for three months and then come back, and you're not gonna you're gonna have to wonder what he's seen. Listen, I I, I have to admit, I like that he does that. I think it's fun. I think the NFL needs a guy like that. I think it's hilarious. I don't know if I, as as a Packer fan, it was, okay, as a, as a friend of Packer fans, it was quite frustrating for them. But like, I mean, imagine imagine if um, Shea Gilchrist Alexander's like, I'm just gonna like leave for three months and go off the grid, and then if he's playing at his level, I'm like, dude, Aaron you do Rogers you. didn't play at his level. He just played at his wor- his worst season since yeah. 2010, which again, as you said, is not terrible, but it's certainly not the caliber that is to be expected. Which is why the Packers in part traded him. But again, they had no leverage because he basically told them, trade me or I'm not going to play. How do Green Bay fans feel about that? Um, You know, it. the Packers, it's complicated, right? Because one of the things you you don't want to talk about if you're a Packer fan, I, I say this knowing my dad and my older brother, both Packer fans, is the fact that you had 35 years of two top 10 quarterbacks ever, which I don't think there's much debate there that Favre and Rodgers are in the top 10. No. E- even if... 
Favre, maybe maybe Favre's starting to fall out, but true, especially he's, he's Favre, still up there. Favre as a person is, you know, bottom three quarterbacks of yeah. all time. But anyway, um, so you have those top ten quarterbacks of all time, two of them, and you get three Super Bowl appearances out of it. It's not great. No, one per decade isn't is a little it's tough. not great. And I mean, I mean, there were so many bad NFC Championship games where just like the Packers just couldn't score for whatever reason. So many bad divisional losses to the Giants and the 49ers. Like, so it, it you know, I think I think they needed a fresh start in a sense. Is is um Jordan Love that guy? Eh, I don't know. But the truth is Jordan Love is that guy or not? I don't think the team personally is good enough. Regardless, mm-hmm. I think I think you need more weapons than they have, and they don't have any. Rodgers was able to coast for years off the backs of a bad wide receiving core. I don't know if a good quarterback or a a, a decent good quarterback can do that. Rodgers could, but anybody Jordan else? Love, yeah. I mean, I look, know. I think I think you kind of got to just if the Packers. If I'm the Packers, just reset the board, man. Reset the board. Get a top pick in the draft for the first time in 25 years, and pick somebody really good. Where's their pick right now? I guess since they just traded, it's thirteen. Yeah, I think so, right? Because they they swap with yeah. the Jets, which again, that's not a difference maker. That, I mean, that's a good roster spot, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's someone that'll play for for a while. Pe- but. People elevate where first round picks tend to go. Like, I mean, if you get a guy that contributes on your roster for nine years, that's a hit. Yeah, that's a that's a smashing success compared to how. I mean, if there's thir- there's thirty two first round picks a year. I'd say fifteen of those tend to work out. Like half, maybe a little more than fifteen, but not like not some more years than, it's worse. Twenty, yeah. Some years it's much worse. I think this might be a, a down draft. Like the Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker year, that was probably like ten ten picks worked. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's me or you? you? That's definitely. It was an ESPN ad. Oh, that's tough. That's unfortunate. It's still going. Yeah, I got it. Oh, he's he's got it. Awesome. I saved it. Um. So yeah, that's the Aaron Rodgers news. Quite a bit of a shock there. Well, I guess not a shock. We all knew he was going to leave. We just, I guess, didn't know where the if the Packers would finally give in or not. Now on to probably the NBA. Craziness. Upsets everywhere. It feels like most of the lower seeds are in the driver's seat for all of these series. Because, like, the Lakers are up on the Grizzlies. The Heat are up on the Bucks. I mean, it's kind of crazy right now. So, yeah, we'll just go through the scores. In fact, I think we have a – do we have a fun button? No, we don't. Oh. Wait, actually, you know what? We're just going to use MLB scoreboard. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know why we have this. Um, so as of this past weekend's action on Friday, the Atlanta Hawks finally got a win against the Boston Celtics at home, 130 to 122. As for the New York Knicks, it's basically celebration in the streets outside Madison Square Garden. They took down the Cleveland Cavaliers in game three, 99 to 79. Tom Thibodeau's defense clearly has a little bit of life left in it right now. The Denver Nuggets are up 3-0 over the Minnesota Grizzlies, taking or Minnesota Grizzlies, Minnesota Timberwolves, taking them down 120 to 111 on Friday. Then on Saturday, it was a big day. The Philadelphia 76ers secured their sweep over the Brooklyn Nets, 96 to 88. The Phoenix Suns have dominated the Kawhi-less LA Clippers, 112 to 100 in Game Four, taking a 3-1 lead on Saturday. The Miami Heat took down the Bucks without Giannis, 121-99 to in Game 3. And the Lakers took down the Memphis Grizzlies after Dylan Brooks talked smack and then immediately got kicked out of the game. Not there, There's a connection there. We'll get there. Again, celebration in New York. The Knicks take down Cleveland on Sunday, 102-93. to The Boston Celtics take control of the series against the Hawks, 129-121. to 
the Golden State Warriors get a nail-biting win over the Sacramento Kings, 126 to 125. And apparently, Darren Fox has broken part of his hand, so things are not looking good for the Sacramento Kings and lighting that beam. The Minnesota Timberwolves took down the Denver Nuggets in overtime in a huge game. Anthony Edwards exploded in a massive, massive performance, 34 points. However, Nikola Jokic had 43-11-6, which is ridiculous. And then yesterday's action, the Miami Heat behind 56 points from Jimmy Butler, which is the fourth most in a playoff game of all time, took down the Milwaukee Bucks 119-114. to The eighth-seed Heat have a 3-1 lead over the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. And then again... Dylan Brooks, what are you doing, man? The LA Lakers took down the Memphis Grizzlies 117 to 111. They are the seventh seed, but they have a 3-1 lead over the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies, led by Ja Morant. And that is your NBA scoreboard for the weekend. A lot has happened. However, before we even get into that, Colin, we got to go to a short PSA break. You listen to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com, or maybe just you're outside the door and listening. We'll be back after this to talk about the NBA, what's happening, why Dylan Brooks is so stupid, and so much more. Don't go anywhere. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM at WeagleFM.com. Colin's in the studio for the first time ever, at least for this show. And we were talking about the NBA. We are talking about a couple things in the break we might bring up involving a certain team up north in Tuscaloosa. But maybe maybe we won't get into that. Yeah, we, we, we put that in the back. I, 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 who knows? Who knows? But the NBA playoffs, it's madness. Jimmy Butler put up one of the greatest performances of all time last night. The Milwaukee Bucks are down 3-1. Probably not going to make it out of this series at this point because they'll have to win three straight, including one of those games in Miami. I mean, playoff Jimmy's something else. Dude, Hemi Butler, man. It, it's really, it really is something to behold, because, again, this Heat team has not been very good this year. I not mean, been very good at all. They, their team, quite literally, is, is him. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, really, like you look, you look at this, the stat sheet last night. They didn't have a single other player above 20 points. In mm. fact... Jimmy Butler was one of okay, he was one of three players on the team to shoot over 50% with five shots or more. You also had Kevin Love, who's I forgot Kevin Love is on the yeah, team. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster right now. I was like, he starts. He they starts. Have, oh my lord. You got Max Struess who had one shot in 17 minutes. Gary Vincent is all their team injured? Oh no, they just don't have players. Okay. Well, yeah, in the- fairness, Oladipo who got in recently at times is injured. And obviously, Tyler Hero, who is a major contributor, is injured. But again, so that's the point there. But with Milwaukee, you probably would have wanted a bit more of a takeover game from Giannis. Obviously, I say this and I look at his stats and it's 26, 10, and 13. Like, oh no, he had just yeah. a, a generic triple-double. But I really think it's just Jimmy Butler went off. Yeah, Jimmy exactly. Butler just took it into his own hands. The, the Heat were not going to lose this game. Exactly. I mean, he scored 56 points, and they still only won by five. How many did he score in the fourth? Because um, I know the, Heat's, the Heat how, scored 41. How do, how do we break that down? Let me let me, let me me see if I, can, if I can find that out broke down by quarter. Okay. Um, you keep talking about Butler, and I'll, and I'll try and see if I can break it down. I mean, like, obviously, you know, he dropped 
56 points. It's tied for fourth most in NBA playoff history. I know it broke the Heat record, which I thought, I don't know. I just feel like that's crazy, especially when they, like, in our memory, we had the big three. Dwayne Wade was with them forever, and he would always, you know, he was a scorer, but not not like Jimmy, apparently. Yeah. I mean, D- Dwayne had his flashes, sure, but it also was during a time when the Heat were not very good or when he mm-hmm. was having to share the spotlight with, with the Ron rebirth of Shaq in yeah. the early 2000s and later. So, Butler, I couldn't find the numbers on the fourth quarter. He scored 22 in the first quarter, which ties Dwayne Wade's Miami Heat record, actually, for points in, points in a quarter. Miami only had 28 points in the first quarter. So he oh scored 22 of those? Oh, oh. My goodness. They also, again, the Bucks were up 15 at one point. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about in the break. Milwaukee, you know, when they're good and, they're, and all their pieces are clicking, they're a very dangerous roster. But man, oh man, when Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are doing the opposite of that, it is dangerous to watch is, is the word. I, w- I mean, Drew Holiday, when he's bad, he's awful. Yeah. They need at least one of Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday to have a game to, like, be in it. Well, you if got they, Brooke Lopez with 36. Yeah. He had to he had to pick up the slide. You got Brooke Lopez with 36 points. Yeah, you have Brooke Lopez with 36 points. Grayson Allen also starts on that team. So, like, once again, another weird starter on, on each of these rosters. And, again, you also tend to have Bobby Portis contribute more off the bench. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He only played 12 minutes. I don't really know why. That's not – I guess because Brooke Lopez was playing so good. Because normally he – Depending on which is which, you tend to swap one of those out for the other. I do think you would have liked a bit more scoring from Giannis, but like you said, if Jimmy Butler scores thirty, the Heat or the the Heat lose by about twenty. Yeah. If you just, I mean, because I don't know. If where, he scores forty, they lose by ten. Yeah, it's just because I mean, sure, and you can always say, well, if he only scored forty, that means that somebody else was getting shots up. I don't know if there's a player uh, on yeah. this roster that was scoring. I don't know. I don't know if you could say that for this because this team is. I mean, where does the scoring come from? Caleb Martin? No. He had 12. Or Bam out of bio had 15. You're looking at Bam, but he's like I said, he's only getting 15. And he had 15 on 16 shots, mind you, which is pretty much horrible, by the way. Yeah. If you take more shots than you can score points, you might be in trouble. That's also, all I'll say about that. No one on that team got to the foul line except for Jimmy either. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. In fairness, I mean, yeah, it's just... Also, again, the Heat shooting 40% from three definitely helped. They also shot 49% from the field. The Bucks shot 43%. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the difference there. Also, the Heat generated 24 points off turnovers versus the Bucks 17 points off turnovers. Giannis did what Giannis does, but I really think losing him these past two games was probably the nail in the coffin for them just because of the fact that, I mean, if it's 2-2, I think you can give them a chance to win, but it's 3-1. And I don't know if this team has three really good games in them. Then again, do the Heat have very good games? Is If Jimmy doesn't score 56, does anybody else on that roster contribute like they need to? I don't know. Stringing three games together is going to be hard for the Bucs. But I, th- I think they could easily push it to seven. I think they could win the next two and push it to seven. Yeah, because, I mean, again, they did win the game two without Giannis, which is important to mention. They did. But then, you know, game three without Giannis, they scored a whopping 99 points and shot – actually. That wasn't even that terrible from the field. They just didn't get to the free throw line that much. But I I really think they needed to steal one of those games in the middle. But again, crazier things have happened, and we've seen Giannis take over in the finals against the Suns when he just put on the performance of a lifetime. So yeah. if he really – and then he's, he's coming off an injury, though, so I don't know how that's going to be. But they kind of need But he also need him. needs it. Yeah, he yeah. needs it. 
because the truth is, and I was thinking about this going in, the Bucks are really good right now, but the timeline on the rest of this team outside of Giannis is nearly up. They're they're gonna have to they're coming close to having to reset that board and rebuild the team around him a second time because that I mean no like Drew Holiday's older than him Chris Middleton's older than him Brooke Lopez is far older yeah. than anybody Brooke Lopez is like almost forty he's thirty five really yeah my God Let, go, let's see how many people how many thirty five year olds scored thirty six in the playoffs got to figure this out probably not many probably not many at all um, I don't know though I think it's it's tough because. Their their timeline is is nearing its end, and this was probably one of their last chances. I think this Eastern Conference gives them that chance because I think we're seeing right now that the Celtics aren't a flawless squad because no. mainly they lost to the Hawks, which you shouldn't lose to the Hawks. No disrespect to all of our Hawks brethren out there. You shouldn't lose to the Hawks. But, man, they've been bad in the playoffs. You really You really can't be losing to them. But that is... The big game out of the East yesterday. The big game out West. Oh, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. <sighs> I like it. I'm having a good time with his mm, his, okay. his playoff no, performance. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing, Colin. I love when Giannis talks smack. I even will admit, despite my hatred of Devin Booker, I like when he talks smack. You know what I don't like? When a bomb talks smack? Yes! <laughs> when a man with one of the most mundane careers in the NBA, and I say mundane because he's not historically bad, he's not going to get turned into a meme like Kwame Brown, <laughs> he's not going to be John Morant dunking on people, he's just Dylan Brooks. He's just the fourth best player on his in his starting lineup. Yeah. Maybe the fifth. I was about to say, there could be, there's, there's talks of five. Because let's see, it's Jaron Jackson Jr., David Tillman, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and John Morant. He's definitely worse than Morant, Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Xavier Tillman, I'm going to say no right now. He could be. Xavier Tillman could be good. He could be be a bit of a difference maker. He's still – he's younger than than Dylan Brooks for sure, right? Oh, yeah, no, he is. He absolutely – By a few years. Absolutely. Dylan Brooks is in his fifth year and is 27 – Xavier Tillman is in his second year and is 24. Um, what what kills me about this all is that um, two things. One, he said he doesn't respect anyone unless they give him 40. He has never scored 40 points in his NBA career, mind you. Yeah, I think I heard you talk about this yesterday in the office. I, I, you, you did, you did. <laughs> um, he's never scored 40 in his NBA career, which is confusing. Like, like at least say like if someone gives you 30 and act like you're like, pretend to be a lockdown guy, but if someone gives you 40 points, a mark that is not very common, by the way. No. Like, really? Number two, um, in four playoff games, he's combined for 42 points. So Hey, he's giving him 40. He, he gave he's him, giving him over 40. Over the stretch of, because like, let's see, I did the math earlier. Let me, let me double check on this real quick. Because let's see, that is 27, 34, 45 points. He scored 45 points in four games. So that's awesome. Oh, he played 41 minutes yesterday. Maybe that's what he meant. Oh, Give him 40 he gave minutes? 40. Because can LeBron play 40 minutes anymore? I don't really know. Maybe that's he's what he meant. Kind of old. And oh, except also LeBron did score twenty-two points and twenty rebounds, which means he gave him forty. He also played forty-five minutes. Oh my god, <laughs> Dylan Brooks, dude! I mean, come on, man! Really? This this is up there with, and yes, I'm going to say it. This is up there with Griggs clapping in Vince's face and then putting absolutely put on blast in the All Star game. You know what play I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Come on now. Yeah, I hope you're listening, Griggs. That's right. As your as your coach, I have the right to do this. Um, no. <laughs> It's hilarious, isn't it? 
You said you love it though. So I, you... I I like it. I like trash talk. I'm not gonna ever be like, oh, don't trash talk. I just think it makes the game fun for like the viewer. Um, I do think you when you trash talk, you should probably back it up at least a little bit. Maybe just a hair. Like, like... maybe don't trash talk and then punch the guy and get ejected. Like I get that that probably was not on purpose. But you still were kicked out of that basketball game and contributed almost nothing. Yeah. And you've still contributed almost nothing. That's true. He's like, his season average is 14 points a game. And somehow he's going less than that in the playoffs <laughs> while completely talking all his smack. But I don't know. Maybe I've only watched like the most recent uh, game in that series. Right. So. Maybe I'm out of no, the loop no, for no, maybe he's something on defense. I don't know. He's no. letting LeBron score, not forty, but you're not. No, he has more turnovers than he has steals and blocks combined. Okay. He has more personal fouls than he has rebounds. Awesome. More personal fouls than he has assists. He is shooting twenty five percent from three. Yes, yeah, not good. He's shooting sixty percent from the free throw line because he's only gotten there five times, and he's shooting thirty two percent from the floor. So he's three for five from the line? <laughs> yes. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that is tough. Um, if I could trouble you a bit more to go through it right now. Um, so he is shooting worse in the playoffs than Luke Kennard. Ooh. Xavier Tillman, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain. Yeah, his whole So the whole five. starting line, the whole starting five plus one, plus a Luke Kennard in there. Don't yeah. forget about that guy. Can't. Um, Thankfully, though, he's shooting better than Tyus Jones. Okay. So that's good. That's great. That's really, we're really happy for him on that point. Um, it's terrible. It's kind of funny, though. They got to put Kenny Lofton Jr. in more. See if the Hills. Yeah, shoot. didn't they call him up for this? Yeah, he's been sitting on the bench. Man, I mean, look, I don't know nothing about Kenny Lofton, admittedly, but he did score 42 points in the season finale against your Thunder. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think he looks funny, and I like it. <laughs> what? What? He, he's just built a little different. He ain't, he ain't your normal basketball player. You heard it here first, everybody. Kenny Lofton is apparently built different, looks funny, and is not your normal basketball player. We will debate all of this and more right here on Compact Discourse on Weagle, 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this break. Compact Discourse on Weagle, 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. Alex Houston alongside Colin Firestore here in the Bradley Basin WGL studio. Talking NBA, talking the NBA playoffs. Do we have anything else to discuss on the NBA circuit? There's uh, been a lot happening. Uh, let's, anything that really is really peaking your interest? We got all of our, our end-of-season awards are, are oh, yeah, coming out today and tomorrow. Half of them, right? So like, let's see what we've done so far. Is that it was Jaron Jackson Jr. was Defensive Player of the Year. Yes. Um, and then Laurie Markkinen was Most Improved. Mm-hmm. And then uh, De'Aaron Fox was Clutch Player of the Year, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, they added that? Yeah. Which And then Coach of the Year was Mike Brown. Right. And then they haven't done Sixth Man yet. No. They have done Sixth Man. Oh, it was the Celtics' Sixth Man. 
Uh, Brogdon? Uh, yes, it was Brogdon. Which make he he's a six man machine, especially because honestly that roster is so deep, it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, the fact that they have a six man kind of is scary. And the fact that it's as good as Malcolm Brogdon, who could be a starting point guard on half of the teams. Yeah, it's most likely. honestly a little horrifying. Yeah, it's, but... which is why the Bucks are kind of our only hope. Kind uh, of. 76ers? I mean, I just don't think they have enough outside of Embiid. To be honest I, with you. I then again, that. they did they did completely run through the Nets yeah, effortlessly. The, the Nets also were probably in that position. We're gonna get run the, through yeah, by that's true, that's true, by that's most. True. Um there was a bit of debate on most improved because a lot of people wanted um your man, Shea Gilgis Alexander, to win most improved. But you made a point that I kind of agreed with. Yeah, I think that especially the way he ended his last season, he was averaging thirty like the last like I think it was fifteen games of the most previous season. And so, like, he made the jump to All-NBA, but I think uh, Markinen probably deserves it. He kind of, like, saved his career. I don't want to say saved, but, like, he made a huge jump from, like, averaging, like, 15 points a game to, like, a little under 30. Yeah, he's at, he's at, uh, he's at like, 25 now. So, yeah, Shea went from, which, by the way, his, his rise in general is pretty crazy. He's, he had, you know, had 10 points per game his first year with the Clippers. Then he gets 19 a game. Then he gets 23. Then he gets 24. Then he gets 31. I think, though, the, the thing with Markkanen, and I'll look up his stats in a minute, is the fact that it's not just that he got better. It's that his role changed and he adapted to that role. Like, Shea, admittedly, is just in a more high-powered mm-hmm. offense, but he's he's in the same role. I would say the offense has just probably gotten better to where he's able to score more because there's more threats on the floor. Yeah. Again, I don't. I admittedly don't watch the Thunder, so that could be a completely incorrect assessment. No, it's, it's pretty spot on. Um he has just changed the way he plays this year. He's taken a lot less like threes and is really focused on like driving to the basket. Yeah. And if he can't drive, he'll dish out to a teammate. Um but Markinen's had like a complete change of like scenery. Like he completely changed teams, changed roles, and I don't know. He's I mean, yeah, so his team. I'm looking at Markinen right now. So last year he had fourteen point eight points per game with the Cleveland Cavaliers and shot forty four percent from the floor, thirty five percent from three. And then 86% from the free throw line. This year, he's got 25.6 points per game. He jumped his rebound total to 8.6. He improved his free throw shooting to 87%. He improved his three-point shooting to 39% and improved his overall field goal shooting to 49.9%. So... I think if we're talking most improved, I think think this was the right... Call. Exactly. I think I think Shea Like obviously Shea's the better player at this point, but like that's not what the award is. Yeah, so who got I guess yeah, because that's the thing is like if Shea had taken that jump from say the 2020-2021 campaign when he scored twenty three points a game to thirty one immediately, that yeah, might that, have been it. That'd have been especially with that year, but I think it was the fact that it's been kind of gradual and then his role like oh yeah, you're right, because he was taking five threes a game and now he's taking two point five. So he basically mm-hmm. just attacks the basket and just destroys yeah. people. He's pretty much he's oh. changed the way he shoots. And awesome. His three's gotten better, honestly. He just takes far less of them, and so he's a lot less like guarded. So he gets like way more like open shots beyond so, the arc. So it's interesting because looking at obviously stats don't tell the whole story, but uh his third year in the league when he had those twenty three point seven points again, this was the 2020-2021 season when he only played thirty five games, he actually shot forty one percent from three. But then last year it took an an eleven percent drop down to thirty mm-hmm. for whatever reason. He definitely I mean he took only Point four more, but he made point four less, which is I don't really know how that happens. I guess. Yeah, it just Pro- wasn't his. It's not ever been like his main thing. Is yeah, three. and it's, it's and I oh sorry go ahead. It's just always driving the basket. Yeah, and I would also say again, in part, 
I think the Thunder are a lot better team around him now, which probably yeah. alleviates that offensive pressure. They're also just so funky. Like, like the way him and Giddy play off each other is like some weird basketball to watch. But, I mean, hey, it's it's got to be pretty fun because the Thunder, the rebuild of rebuilds of rebuilds, there's none quite like it. It's working out pretty well so far. Yeah. Like, like they obviously I've, – I've heard people say that this might be, like, the best outlook for, like, an NBA team ever, having, like, 15 first-round picks in five years. I mean, absolutely, and you look at this roster, and I'll say this, so, like, would you say they're ahead of schedule um, at this point? I would. It feels like I it. feel like we've, we've hit on – a lot of people, especially recently, like with Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams, really, yeah, and and Giddy, were all like hits, hit, hit in a row. I think if Chet ends up being good, like how people expect, then um, that'll be really ahead of schedule. Yeah, that's a great point. This all is happening without um, Chet Holmgren, who yeah. has who got injured, right? He he didn't he tear his like ACL or something. Yeah, he, he it wasn't his ACL. It was something I think in his foot, but okay, it was right. it was against LeBron and like the Drew League. Oh, so really? LeBron like drove on him, and then he I forgot that. Yeah, so that was a that was tough, and that was kind of like everyone's like, oh, he's so small, you know, he's not gonna be able to last in the NBA, and that was like, oh, what if? Yeah, I'm about to say like he that's guards also, LeBron one time. And, that's a that's a freak accident at some at yeah. some points, especially like with with things like that. I'll, again, I mean, looking at this Thunder roster, you've got one player over the age of thirty years old, Mike Muscala. The only he's other not, he's not on the team anymore. We dished him. Oh yeah, there you go. So this is just <laughs> on the roster from the year, and then also Kenrick Williams is twenty eight. Then at that point, there is two players over twenty five, and yeah. they 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 started a combined. Two games. So, yeah, this team, it's kind of incredible. Josh Giddy, 20. Jalen Williams, 20. Shea Gilch alexander 24. Um, Alexei Pokushevsky. Does he still play? Yeah. Um, 21 years old. Lou Dort, 23. The other Jalen Williams, 21. They should draft Auburn's Jalen Williams. See? And just have the full, the full yeah, list. Yeah, we we, as soon as he hit the portal, uh, Thunder fans were like, we got to go. Get our man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Get the get the three Jalen's. It'll be awesome. Yeah. The problem is two of them will have the exact their spelling. Yeah, the they we won't have any more like different spellings. It'll be okay. Well, we got two. We got, got the two exact spelled same. The, the exact same and way. We also call him him J Will. We got a J Will in the Thunder too. So Uh-oh. I don't know what Jalen Williams, Auburn Jalen Williams would go by. This is it. we're gonna have to find something, man. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find something. That yeah, that's crazy. Again, I think it's. I was gonna say something. I think it's just crazy how that rebuild is going because especially with the timetables of where everyone else in the Western conference is two and a half years from now, we could very well be talking about, you know, three years down the road, the thunder and the Kings being the primary competitors. That would be crazy. And I'd be all for it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Because those are two, two fan base that definitely deserve it. But I mean, with every other team in the West is on the older side Yeah. at this point, obviously the Lakers, especially the Clippers, definitely. The Suns are a little younger. Sort of. I mean, the problem is you have they've KD, Chris Paul, too. and then Chris Paul and KD. When they go, like, I mean, yeah, you you can replace them with viable options on the roster, but it's not going to be the same. It's, it's just not. And I, and to be honest, DeAndre Ayton is not getting any better. Is kind of the problem there? Yeah, yeah. I really hope on Devin Booker to turn out there. Absolutely, to just and be a full on like All Star every year. Yeah, I mean, he's been that good, but yeah. the problem is I don't know if they have much else. But, yeah, you got those two teams there. Who do you think's winning the MVP? That's the biggest debate there is right now. It's tough. Yeah, I think probably probably the Celtics guy, Tatum. Really? You don't think Embiid? I, he's the favorite right see, now. See, 
Embiid, I just, I don't know. I've always kind of like doubted Embiid. I don't know. He's never been like my guy. I listen. If it was me, I'd give it to what Jokic again. But they're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, for a third time. It's it's tough because I was thinking the same thing with Jokic because if he hadn't been given the MVP the previous two years, he would be a lock this year. He's shooting sixty three percent. People, I don't get why we can't do the same MVP over and over because again for the best it player. Just, it's just. Yeah. The thing is, unless you're a Michael Jordan-esque player, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And Jokic, Jokic, and Jokic, the problem with Jokic is he doesn't really play defense, admittedly. He doesn't. Yeah, he, he's lazy getting back. He, you know, sure. he is a world-class offensive player. There's never been anyone really quite like him. And again, he's shooting 63%. You know how ridiculous that is while scoring 24 points a game? That's not, that's not normal. No. That, that, nobody has shot like that since the old days when Bill Russell was, you know, just scoring on everybody and Will Chamberlain were because there was nobody their size. But, I mean, Joel Embiid has been ridiculous this year. I just don't think they want to give it to Jokic because Larry Bird was the last player to win three straight MVPs. No, LeBron won four straight. No, he didn't because Derrick Rose broke it up. Yeah. That's right. He won, he won three out of four. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's my mistake. I forget, I forget about that, that that anomaly of a year. Yeah, D-Rose. I mean, Joel, he's got 33 points. He's shooting 54%, world-class efficiency. He is shooting 85% from the free throw line. He's got 1.7 blocks. He's got one steal. He's got four assists. He's got 10 rebounds. I mean, I think it has to be him. I think especially with how the Sixers have not given him a whole lot, and he's also played 66 games, which is, you know, more than his normal lower amounts. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's Tatum, man. I mean, Tatum's good, but I think the problem with Tatum is that that team is so good. It's like you – that's the rule with the MVP is you don't really give it to guys on great – like when Jordan stopped winning MVPs when they got Rodman. Yeah. Everyone's like – Well, he's got he's got his man. Yeah, everyone's like, Carmelo, mm, Malone because it was know. John Stockton, Carmelo, Malone, and then Utah. Yeah, I just watched like a, a Celtics game. Like these guys play basketball, Yeah, especially him. Yeah, it's crazy. And now, of course, uh, there's been news that old Celtics coach M.A. Udoka is going to go to the Raptors. Yeah, I did see that last night. Which is crazy because Nick Nurse – the Raptors, the last two coaches they've had have been coached of the year, and they fired them both. I mean. What can you do? They they got a, a chip that long ago. I feel like they got that, and then it just fell apart. In fairness, I, don't think, I don't think the roster's very good. What happened to Kyle Lowry, man? I know he's on the heat, but he played like he's been playing like trash. I know we already talked about that game. but like, uh, No, I mean, I actually, he's just old, man. I don't, he was I, terrible in the playoffs last year. I know. I used to love him. Let me look at look up his numbers. Actually, I'm kind of curious about this. He was bad. He might have scored like six points last night. It wasn't anything. Did he play last night? Not a lot. Like very limited minutes off the bench. Like I mean, okay, in the playoffs, I clicked the playoff button. I clicked the playoff button. I clicked the playoff <laughs> button. Um, yeah, he's got four games. He hasn't started in any, and he's scoring seven points a game. Two years ago in the playoffs, he was scoring 17 points a game. Three years ago, he won the he won a championship. And in the regular season this year, I mean. 11 points a game. He just, you know, I mean, he is, he is, how old is he? I don't know. He's 37. Okay. okay, He's a little older than I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was like 33. We might give him a pass on that one. Maybe, maybe we'll give him a pass on that one. And we're going to take a little bit of a PSA break. You're listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM at WeagleFM.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to talk about Auburn sports, maybe? Maybe. I don't remember what's on my rundown, but we'll have some things to talk about, I'm sure. We can talk some Auburn sports. Exactly. It'll be fun. This is Compact Discord. We'll be back after this.
Welcome back. This is Weagle, 91.1 FM's dr- weekly drive time morning show, Compact Discourse. Alex Houston alongside Colin Byers. We're talking about some Auburn sports. We were talking some over the break, primarily Auburn basketball. You know, I did an interview um, with Randy Kennedy, who works at the iHeart station down in Mobile, and he asked me what like the what's like the you know panic number out of 10 for Auburn losing LeBaron Phylon and Peyton Marshall. I chose a seven, which is like basically like a we're not like panicking because it's the new age for transfer portal stuff, and we'll certainly talk about that. But those are two good players that they lost. Those are two good players, but I might be even lower than that. I just said it because of the fact that for me, I, I admittedly I'm very pessimistic, but I was looking forward to Auburn finally getting a large guard to finally change the offense, which yeah. they still have to hot Pettiford. But LeBaron Phylon was the guy they needed to to rework that offense. How tall is Phylon? He's six four. Denver Jones is six four too, isn't he? Well, yeah, I know. But that, yeah. I, two years of it would be nice. Yes, it's been it's been five years of the same system that has been difficult to say the least. I have never really watched a team that's played this like small ball before, like coming to Auburn, and I I admit that I kind of I kind of liked. It. I really bought into it. But, but I would I would like someone that's medium sized. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, I think my, my number might be like five or six. I think it's less than seven. I think if there's one thing that I can always trust in Bruce Pearl to do, it's to go get recruits. Or even lately go in the transport of Denver Jones, Chaney Johnson committed on Friday. You've got a whole new lineup for this upcoming year. Obviously 2024 is still in doubt. And that's the thing is that's the take, like if, so if I, I was asked this question before Chaney Johnson committed, if I had been asked after he committed, I'm like, okay. Because that's immediately what I said is like, in the age of the transfer portal, transfer portal, recruiting classes don't matter as much as who you can get in the transfer portal yeah. year to year. Like you look at, Auburn has gotten a lot of our guys from the transfer portal in the past like two, three years. Yeah. Walker Kessler, all of our, our guards that have come in. Exactly. And I mean, K- Katie Johnson. Janai Broom. Exactly. I mean... Obviously, Jabari Smith was a recruit, but still, you've got a bunch of other pieces there. But Auburn loses two recruits, but they gain two more. Next year's cl- group looking very different. Jalen Williams, Alan F- and, and Janai Broom, at least, and I think Alan Flanagan. I don't know if Alan Flanagan's officially announced yet. Had declared for the draft while maintaining their eligibility. Uh, Wendell Green. Oh yeah, Wendell Green. But he he's he foregoing his eligibility. Admittedly. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. He he like he like said I'm not coming back. He confirmed. Oh, that. so that's why we gave Aiden Holloway number one. Then. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. I thought he still had his eligibility. I mean, no, he did, but he foregoed it anyway. Well, have fun in in, in somewhere. He's going to be playing basketball somewhere. Oh, Lord have mercy. But obviously, Jalen and Janai both looking into that eligibility. I don't think either one gets drafted, personally. I don't either. Just I, because, I mean, look at a guy like Sharif Cooper, who was a star in college. He still was a very late pick. Yeah. Like, you have to be... A true difference maker, and I don't know if either of these players are that yet. I think Janai has potential to go late second round. I don't know if Jalen Williams gets drafted, and I don't know if if Janai would leave because of that either. Because I think he he I think his his potential to raise his stock is also pretty high. Yeah, he could he could have an uh, he could just fix free throw shooting immediate a, stock jump immediate stock stock rising. I I would agree with that one hundred percent, and. Yeah, but again, I mean, Auburn, going to be a new-look team next year. Yeah, A lot sure. of new picks, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, and then Chaney Johnson all coming in with a group that's already, I think, pretty talented and getting better at the right positions. I think Denver Jones is who they needed at that position. Yeah. And Katie Johnson will be returning. 
I kind of like where Auburn's roster is at next year compared to where it was this year. And I think I think they've definitely gotten better already. I think that my one concern now is just forward, I think. Like, obviously having um, Treyor and... Westry. Westry leave is not great, but, I mean, as long as we bring someone in, I feel like I'm not super worried. That's the thing is, with the transfer portal, like, it just doesn't... It's a different world. Yeah. And college basketball always had a bunch of turnover, and now it's just even more so. You're gonna it's have dif- You're going to have different looks every year, I feel like, for almost every team. Absolutely. To have a crazy experienced team that you see the same people over and over and over again, I think it's become like astronomically rare. Exactly. Like this Miami team, like in the previous season, what I think is crazy rare. Having a bunch of fifth-year guys that have been there forever is just not going to happen anymore. It, it absolutely is not. And speaking of another Auburn team we were talking about during the break, they had the Ospies last night. Akasha Anderson won Best uh, Female Newcomer of the Year. And we were talking about Auburn Volleyball. A lot of excitement to be had around next year. You said you heard about Coach Crouch talking about his seven-year plan. And they're about three years ahead of schedule. Yeah, he told me that directly this past season. He's like, yeah, um, this is not where we expected to be. Because, like, last year's not – the reason Auburn was so close to not making the tournament last year is because their non-conference schedule was so weak. And he's like, yeah, we built that non-conference schedule like that because we thought these freshmen would need time to adjust. And, well, they didn't because they all ended up being a great team and one of the best teams in program history already. And now they're going into next year. I'm going to be graduating, which is unfortunate, but you're going to get a chance to cover it at least in some part or another. So a lot of excitement to be had. Yeah, I think there – anytime you get a team full of freshmen that are, like, difference makers, that's fun. Like, you you kind of saw that this year with our women's basketball team, too. We had a lot of freshman impact. But, yeah, it's just something to be excited for on the Plains. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to have to wrap up this show. Colin, any final thoughts to leave our listeners with before we head out? Um – who what who's gonna win? Uh, what's it called tonight? Rookie of the year. Ooh, I don't know. Oh wait, it's it's got to be Paolo Benchero, right? Yeah, but yeah. we've got Walker Kessler. He's he's in the three one of the three finalists. Well, yeah, because that one jazz rider voted for him. We won't get into that controversy <laughs> one bit. But yeah, again, thanks, Colin, so much for joining the show. This has been Compact Discourse on Weagle ninety one point one FM. You can find all of Weagle's content at our website and stick around for Weagle all day for all of our all day programming. And until then, we'll see you all next time.